Andre Palat, the veteran piece for the Devils, one of their alternate captains, did not have a good showing in year one of his five-year contract. However, I still have some hope that he can be a solid player for the Devils moving forward. We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils, and we're going to hear from Andre himself. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play by play announcer, Dell's Ride for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part time credential MIA member, Trey Matthews. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a player who is one of my three stars of the game against the Philadelphia Flyers in the New Jersey Devils' first preseason matchup. A player I anticipate to have a bounce back year, one of the Devils' alternate captains, the longtime veteran player, Andre Palat. So, in the first segment, I'm going to recap his 2022-2023 season. Then in the second segment, I will go into more detail regarding my expectations for him because even though his first year a, a part of the Devils organization didn't go as planned, I still think he has some solid contributions in his bag to try to help the Devils win more games. And obviously, the weight that he carries in the locker room, I think it can be translated onto the sheet of ice. And then in the third and final segment, we're going to shift course a little bit, and I'm going to give some acknowledgement to a player I really should have mentioned in yesterday's episode. So to begin with Andre Palat, let's go back to the beginning when he first signed his five-year $30 million deal with the Devils during the summer of 2022. We know how that story panned out. Johnny Goodrow elected to sign with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Devils had to go to their plan B option. Palat was still on the table. His agency probably forced the Devils to fork up some more money before they threatened to find their business elsewhere. So ultimately, Palat signed on the dotted line and he was sort of used as collateral for some of the key impact players that the Devils unfortunately missed out on during the 2022 offseason. Now, what were the expectations for Andre Palat himself? Well, if I had to make an educated guess, when you think of those Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup runs, obviously here's some players that might come to mind. And forgive me if I'm, if I'm missing a few players. I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. Obviously, you think of Steven Stamkos. You think of Braden Point. You think of Victor Hedman. You think of Nikita Kucherov. You think of Andre Vasilevsky. But you don't really think about Andre Palat all that much. I think it's quite evident that Palat was one of the more underrated players during those Stanley Cup final runs for the Lightning organization. So I think his mindset with signing with a younger team like the Devils, I think he foresaw himself having a big role offensively. And I even predicted it going into the 2022-2023 season that I anticipated for Palat to be one of the go-to guys for Devils, and I was expecting for him to have a career year, but obviously we know how that story kind of unfolded, and some of it wasn't really on him. So what were some of the highlights for Palat? Well, 
I think one of the key highlights that I can think back to, it goes to the beginning of the year against the Anaheim Ducks. The Devils are already 0-2 to begin the season. They're in desperate need of a win. Obviously, Lindy Ruff is hearing it from the Devils' discourse up in the stands. Rumors were circulating. It was clear that the Devils needed a win, and they needed it pronto. So against the Ducks, Palat was able to score, and he was one of the engines that was driving the Devils to try to get their first win of the season and basically just get out of that rut. And then the Devils ended up winning their next game, and then they won another game. So they started off the year 3-2. and two. Then they fall to a 3-3 three and three record. But after that, the Devils went on a 13-game win streak. But here's the problem. Andre Pilat was not a part of the 13-game win streak. And that kind of created some sort of problem because it's just like the Devils are playing so well, but Pilat has become an afterthought. Now you have to raise the question, like, how is the lineup going to look when he's inserted back into the lineup? So what went wrong for Pilat? Well, he had to have groin surgery and that sidelined him for a good period of time. And once again, we kind of forgot about Pilat and his overall capabilities. I even had to scrap my idea of him possibly having a career year. But the one thing I could say for Plot is that I think another main reason why he wanted to sign with the Devils is that he was going to have a big leadership role because I want people to know that veteran leadership should not be overlooked. And it goes for Brendan Smith. It goes for Eric Halla. It goes for Andre Pilat. Those uh, key additions that the Devils made during the 2022 offseason it's not just the production on the sheet of ice. It's what happens in the locker room. So even though Palat's uh, first season with the Devils didn't really go as planned, I think we can't underutilize like his true impact in terms of just being a leader. And that's why he's one of the alternate captains on the team. Now, personally, I think Eric Halla deserves it a little more than him. But he's still uh, a guy who has championship pedigree. He's been through the fire before. And it was one of the reasons why I was excited that he was joining the Devils because I just looked at a player that could just pull up uh, the, the, the troops by the bootstrings and just say, like, let's get out of this muck. Let's get out of this rut that we're having. And we saw it very early in the year in which he was able to score against the Ducks that kind of helped the Devils uh, get their first win of the season. But in terms of the final stats for Palat, he finished off with eight goals, 15 assists for a grand total of 23 points. Here's some stats that he kind of was in the high rankings for in the Devils. He had 44 blocks, which ranked 11th on the team. He had 70 hits, which ranked 8th. So a pretty mediocre to bad year for Palat. Now, the big question mark was, could he step up his game during the playoffs? Because I said all could be forgiven if he's able to just thrive in the playoffs. And he did play a crucial role for the Devils in round one against the New York Rangers. And he was one of the reasons why the Devils were able to make it past the first round. I'm not saying he was like one of the star players or anything, but he definitely contributed and he was able to redeem himself in some sort of categories because in game seven, he was able to rack up two assists. So he had a multi-point uh, productive uh, game, but come the second round against the Carolina Hurricanes, similar to a lot of his other teammates, he sort of shut down, and I don't think that's the way he wanted to end this season. So if I had to describe Palat's season with one word, I'd say disappointment on his end, and I think uh, for the fans' perspective as well, because I think it's safe to say that everyone expected more 
from Palat. And I'm sure Palat expected more from himself. But unfortunately, injuries are just something you can't really control. He had to have groin surgery, sidelined him for a few months. So, uh, And with the Devils having that amount of success, it's similar to uh, Mackenzie Blackwood's situation, which was sometimes when, when the team is succeeding without your contributions, it's kind of hard to just like slide back into it and try to fit comfortably because you're you're kind of disrupting the mojo, even if that's not your intent. But at the end of the day, Palat is still here for four more years. And given the fact that he was able to recover during the offseason, I have some mild expectations for Palat going into the 2023-2024 season. I think he can be a solid contributor on the Devils' bottom six. Now, he is sort of overpaid to be a bottom six player. But at the same time, like I said, since the Devils were succeeding and they made some changes to their roster, this is the hand that's just been fed to Palat and what the situation is like for the meantime. But I don't think it's worst case scenario. Now, we're going to talk about my expectations for Palat momentarily. But before we continue, let me tell you guys about FanDuel because hockey is back and I want you guys to make some extra cash. But I think a lot of you are also football fans. So go uh, Jets, go Giants, whomever you root for. Snap back into the NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. And while you're at it, visit FanDuel.com. And why don't you bet on some devils, money lines, props, etc. But please remember to do so responsibly. Okay, so let's shift the focus from recapping last season for Pilat to now moving on into the future. Because once again, uh, year one of five is already in the books. Didn't really go as planned. But I want to relate Pilat's situation to one of his current teammates. But... Before I do, here's a soundbite that I obtained from Palat months ago about him talking about his health, if he was 100% to finish off the rest of the year and during the playoffs. Here was his response. I don't think anybody was 100% in the playoffs, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was my first surgery like that and the groin is such a weird area or important area for skating so it took me a little bit of time to to get to 100 but in the playoffs i felt okay uh, or great i think a lot of people can tell you that if you suffer a major injury especially during the season early on middle late it doesn't really matter there's really no time to recover fully from it that's why you usually wait until the off season to really recoup and regain control of your bearings so i think the same can be said for palat and his situation but like I said moments ago, let's relate his situation to one of his current teammates, and that is Dougie Hamilton. So if you guys recall, Dougie Hamilton also signed a lengthy deal with the Devils during the 2021 offseason, and we had a lot of expectations for Dougie going into the 2021-2022 season because here's a guy who was a finalist for the Norris Trophy, and he has some big offensive production for a defenseman. So a lot of people were happy that Dougie was a part of the Devils roster, but we know what happened in year one for Dougie Hamilton, which was the main talking point midseason. He suffered a facial fracture, had to get surgery, and he was sidelined for a 
good chunk of the season and he never really recovered from it. And then Hamilton later on uh, revealed that it was kind of hard for him to eat. He lost some weight. He never really was at a hundred percent strength. And he was also dealing with some other nagging injuries. So Hamilton was just waiting for the off season to fully recover. And then what happens in year two of, of Hamilton being a part of the devil's organization, he is now one of the top 50 players in the NHL, according to NHL Network, and he's well on his way to getting his name back into the running for the Norris Trophy, in my opinion. Now, albeit if uh, you don't get a player like Eric Carlson uh, gunning for like 150 points as a defenseman, of course, I'm exaggerating a bit, but you you, you get uh, the point I'm trying to make. You get hyperbole. But anyway, as I'm just trying to say is like, I think Dougie Hamilton's situation is perfectly relatable to Andre Palat's situation because here are two players, two impactful players that signed big deals with the Devils. And unfortunately, year one didn't go as planned. Now, obviously, for Dougie's situation, it hurt the Devils more ways than one because Dougie wasn't just the only Devils player that was dealing with injury. But for Andre, it's just like people are quick to bash on him just because the Devils were successful without his contribution. And now it's just, it feels like he's taking up a roster spot. He's overpaid. He's a bottom six player and he's being paid $30 million total. So it's just like people are a little more impatient when it comes to Palat. But I'm just here to say, I think Palat can definitely have a a decent impact on this roster. Now, before I give my opinions on uh, what I can anticipate from Palat this upcoming year, here's what he told me when I asked him like, How does he want to be utilized going forward? I got this soundbite once again months ago. Check it out. Obviously, there's a lot of talent on on this team, and I know you were out for a significant amount of time due to injury. How uh, do you foresee yourself being utilized in the future? I mean, yeah, you said that uh, when I signed here. I I told uh, you guys media that I will play whenever, uh, you know, coach is going to put me. Hopefully, it's in the, you know, important role uh it doesn't matter if it's pp or uh penalty kill so yeah i just i just want to be you know uh important piece here in the, on the team so this sort of segues into my next talking point in this segment which is just the good start that andre has gotten off to so far but the before we talk about that he said during that soundbite that He'll play wherever coach wants to play him. And I remember asking him that question either in late December or early January when he returned from his groin surgery. I said, where do you see yourself best sliding in now that the Devils are winning games more consistently? They have their eyes set on the playoffs. The season is almost halfway over. Obviously, it's a bit of an interesting situation that you're going to have to put yourself in. And his answer was the same thing he said in uh, December or January compared to what he said during exit interviews when I spoke to him, which was he just wants to go where coach tells him to go. And that's a good sign of leadership from Plot, willing to just take a bit of a backseat role in order to help the team win. But still, I think Palat is off to a good start for the time being. And I don't want to read too far into it because, as you guys know, I try to take training camp. I try to take preseason with a grain of salt. Their their scrimmages are just meant to, like, get the players back into a mojo, into a rhythm. But uh, digressing a little bit, it's been quite clear that the Devils media is very fond of Palat and what he was able to do for the time being. And quite honestly, I'm no exception because I literally said in my 
uh, episode from yesterday that Palat was one of my three stars of the game just because he was able to go back door and finish on a great feed from Jesper Bratt. And I think that goal meant a lot to him because it's just like he still got it. He still can contribute for this roster. It was just going to take some time and also a lot of recovery period. And that's what you do during the offseason. So I'm really happy that Andre Palat was able to just uh, uh, get off to a decent start. And once again, a lot of Devils media personnel have been saying that Palat has been impressive during training camp when the Devils are doing their inner squad or workouts, individual workouts, whatever the case might be. Personally, I was not in attendance for any of the training camp days, but luckily I have some great colleagues and associates who were in attendance. And I've been informed that Palat has been performing well during training camp. So I'm glad that Palat, similar to Alexander Holtz, is getting off to a pretty good start. Now, to close out this segment, what are my expectations for Palat? Here's where I think Palat's role is going to best thrive. I think at this point he has to be a solid contributor, which is I think he has to be a middle six type of player in which he's able to put up some decent numbers. And I think he's capable of doing so now that he is fully healthy. Now it's the start of a new year. Now the Devils will have time to try to uh, say like, okay, here's where he best fits in. And we don't have to like throw him into the fire because now everyone starts back at square one to begin the new year. So my thing for Andre Palat, I still think he can be a very good contributor on the roster for the Devils. I think he could provide some scoring on the third line if it's not coming off the stake up Eric Holla or Alexander Holtz, Graham Clark, Nolan Foot, whatever the case might be, whoever is going to like fill out that other role uh, winger on the third line. But digressing a little bit, I think Pollock can definitely be the go-to guy for the Devils on the third line. And I think we're, we could still see a boost in his numbers. Now, something I said in segment one was that I think Pollock had the expectation of being one of the go-to guys for the Devils. But unfortunately, he has now become the victim of the Devils' success. And now he's a bottom six player being annually paid of $6 million, $30 million total for the next uh, few seasons. But anyway, I still have faith in Pollock. I know people look to his contract and look to his role and just say he might be overrated or overpaid, whatever the case might be. But remember, it was a different time for the Devils uh, not too long ago. So I just want to keep people honest in that regards. But I think Palat is still going to have a pretty good year for the Devils. And I have faith that we're going to see year two uh, wound up much better for Palat in the end-all be-all. Okay, so let's talk about a player that I really should have talked about in yesterday's episode, and I realized it as soon as I was editing. I was like, oh, I should have just given him a shout-out at least, even if I wasn't going to make him one of my three stars or honorable mention, but that is Kevin Ball, because Kevin Ball, similar to a lot of other younger guys on the roster for Devils, they're trying to fight for a roster spot. They're trying to fight for an everyday role, and I think that's what Kevin Ball is doing at this point because Ball is going to make the opening night roster, no ands, ifs, or buts about it. But the problem is, is like, what's his role going to be? And I think Sam Kassan said it best on air when the Devils were playing the Flyers, which is I think the plan for Ball and his skill set is that he's going to like play like, say, four or so straight games. And on the fifth game, if he's struggling or if he just doesn't have any good momentum, going his way, then he'll be a healthy scratch for the next couple games. He'll basically be a rotating door on that bottom four defensive role. But 
James Nichols actually shared this on the X app. He said, if this is the Kevin Ball the Devils are getting, consider the shoes that left in the summer filled. So he's referring to like Damon Severson, Ryan Grays, because the main question was like, who's going to fill up some of those defensive roles for the Devils? Because for Severson, you get a good two-way player. For Graves, you get a player that's not really going to like put up big numbers in the score sheet, but it's still very effective. And the plus minus and the defensive point share definitely backs it up in regards to Graves and his impact. And something that I also took note of was that similar to a lot of his teammates, Ball was playing quite aggressive because we saw Ball have a huge hit on Wade Allison in in the scrimmage against the Philadelphia Flyers because he put Allison on his back, lit the candle, lit him up. So I love the aggression from Kevin Ball, his size, his skating ability. It's just, it, it really shouldn't work the way it should work, but I'm definitely not going to complain about it. So Kevin Ball really impressed me in the first matchup of the preseason, and I hope he can definitely carry it into the next one. So I love Ball and his contribution. I think he's going to be a solid X-Factor type player for Devils on the bomb four defensive role. And I'm glad that the Devils signed him to that two-year extension because one of the things that I talked about back in the springtime was that if Ball just played in more games, I think we would see a lot of his already decent stats and production just go up a little bit more. So I'm excited to see what Ball can do this upcoming year. I apologize for not giving him a shout out in the previous episode. That is my mistake. And I will take full blame for that. I realized it when I was editing the episode that I should have given him a shout out because even if people don't realize it in the score sheet, Ball did have some solid productive uh, reps for the Devils against the Flyers. And I hope once again, it could carry over into the next preseason game. But let me know what you guys think about Kevin Ball and his overall impact. And what did you think of the first two segments of the show? And what are your expectations for Andre Pilat moving forward? Do you think he can have some productive seasons for the Devils? Have you lost hope in him? Curious to your guys' thoughts. So leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on the X page at TreyMatt4 or the show's personal X page at LockedOnDevils. As for this episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.